Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we come to you with a special edition of the podcast. We want we will welcome on our good friend, Zach Braziller, who has come on this show a number of times. If you're a St. John's fan, you obviously know uh, that Zach covers the team for the New York Post, does an outstanding job. Uh, we have Zach on to preview every year, and then we have Zach on to recap every year. So we're going to talk a little bit of the 2020-2021 season for the Red Storm. We're going to get Zach's uh, kind of closing thoughts on the season, and then we're going to get into the offseason. We're going to talk you know, the, the real roster turnover for the Red Storm with right now seven guys leaving the program and a few uh, new guys coming in. We're going to talk about, you know, what targets the Red Storm might have on the transfer portal. We're going to talk about expectations going into next season, uh, Mike Anderson's third year in Queens. So we're going to touch on all of that and much, much more. We always appreciate uh, Zach coming on and giving us a couple of minutes. And uh, yeah, I'll be back on the other end to, uh, to wrap this show up. But for now, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Zach Braziller of the New York Post. All right, we're now joined by the one, the only Zach Braziller of the New York Post. I would say the best St. John's reporter out there and, um, you know, one of the best college basketball reporters out there, I would say, as well. Zach, thank you for joining us today. Hey, man, I, I always appreciate the kind words. Um, you know, I always have fun coming on and, uh, you know, obviously I have a lot to discuss with this team. We do. Um, as usual. We do have a lot to discuss as usual. We will, uh, well, I mean, we'll get right into it because it feels like we were talking off air. I mean, it feels like the the season ended for St. John's, and then the news started, and it, it felt like that way really across college sports. For you, I mean, has this been the the craziest off season that you've covered? I mean, I know last year we had everything with COVID, but in terms of just player movement and everything, is this the craziest one that you've covered from both a St. John's and just a college? basketball perspective? No, I, I wouldn't say that. I think, you know, the, the offseason, you know, the, the Mullen offseason when they hired him was obviously pretty crazy yep. mm-hmm. because he's such a big name and you know, who's staying, who's going and, you know, adding a bunch of players and, and then, you know, when you went from Mullen to Anderson, that was pretty crazy too. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, if you remember, you know, with LJ and Heron and eventually staying and adding guys, I mean, it's, to me, it's always the coaching change is always the crazier one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, there was a lot of movement, and there was a lot of movement during the NCAA tournament, which, you know, when you're covering the NCAA tournament, is pretty brutal. Um, I I wish the NCAA would maybe, you know, close the portal or something during the <laughs> tournament so, you know, we can all focus on the tournament. But, um, you know, yeah, look, it, it happens fast with Moore and Cole, Moore, Isaiah Moore against Cole first. Yep. You know, and then you had Greg Williams and Erlington and Dunn and McGriff and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a lot of movement already and them adding, I think, two pretty good pieces here with, with Steph Smith of Vermont and, um, you know, Aaron Wheeler of Purdue, two guys who I think are upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they still have four spots open and I expect them to fill at least three, if not four. And, mm-hmm. I think when the dust is all clear, you're going to end up with a better roster than you would have had. Me personally, that's, that's my take. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously a million rumors out there right now. <laughs> um, I know they're 
very, very much in the mix with Joel Soriano, like, who's a 6'11 bruiser from Florida, the average almost a double-double. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some talk of Greg Williams possibly coming back. I know there is dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we have that. And, look, Julian Tessman being draft winners, I expect he'll be back. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I mean, they're in the mix with a lot of different guys. There are a lot of guys who still haven't even entered the portal who maybe could be in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, this season is a long way to go with this offseason. I mean, we're not going to really know, to me, the composition of this roster until late June when we get the you know the, the NBA draft, whether you stay or go. Mm-hmm. So there is a, there's a long way to go for for to see what, what this program could be next year. But despite the, despite the, you know, the guys leaving, I'm still pretty optimistic about next year. I think this team could be pretty good. Yeah, and, and and let's work our way from the from the start, I guess, a little bit and talk a little bit about last year first. I mean, it's crazy to think, you know, not even a month ago, this team was heading into the Big East tournament, you know, with a chance to make maybe make a run in the Big East tournament and head to the NCAA tournament. Um, I don't I, I guess, you know, the vibe from maybe some of the fan base is that because of all that, you know, offseason movement, uh, it feels like maybe that this the accomplishments of this season has been, I guess, a little bit overshadowed, you know. But I mean, I, I, I would like to hear your, your thoughts on it. Obviously, you've, you've put them out there, but this was still a very, very successful 2020-21 season for Mike Anderson, in which they built a lot of really good things, which you would agree, right? Yeah, I, look, I, I came into the year, I, I predicted the NIT, yeah. they would have gotten if they wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, I thought they would be close to the tournament, they were, I thought this year was all about progress, and to me they clearly showed it, whether, you know, Julian is an only first team player, Posh had a great year, he was, you know, the uh, rookie of the year, mm-hmm. co-defensive player of the year. Uh, I thought Wusu showed you a lot as a freshman. You know, some maybe some of the role players weren't quite as good as you would hope. You know, it's funny. Anderson's first year, the, the two stars really didn't perform up to expectation, but it was everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This year, it was really the two stars that really kind of carried them. And maybe some other guys didn't quite live up to expectations. Whether Rasheed Dunn, and obviously had the concussion earlier, it took him a while to get back. And mm-hmm. Greg had the back injury, and that really hurt him. And um, Vince Cole and Isaiah Moore really struggled defensively mm-hmm. for most of the year, although they did help on the other end. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of the guys you expected more out of didn't quite get you there, but Julian and Posh were so good. that it, And I thought Anderson did a terrific job with this team. You know, he, he really got the most to me out of almost everyone when, when you look at the depth factor. And, you know, and look, you can say whatever you want, but there are over 1,200 kids in the portal. This is happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. You have kids who, now that they have this freedom, they want to explore it. They want to have bigger roles. I, I understand that Marcellus Ellington wants to move on. Yeah. Wants to have go somewhere. He's going to be a starter and play more. You, you can't fault him for that. Rasheem Dunn wants to play another year in college. One, you know, I've heard he could end up going back to St. Francis, Brooklyn, where he mm-hmm. started at. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I completely understand that. I think Vince Cole is going to probably transfer down somewhere where his, you know, maybe lack of foot speed and defensive ability won't be such a, you know, such a weakness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah Moore, although he did provide some very, you know, some good things offensively, just really hurt them on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And obviously had some uh, um, behavioral issues where you get suspended a game, you got yep. benched a game. And, yeah. I think that was kind of something with both sides agreed it was probably best to, to part ways. But I agree with you. I think it was a very good year, especially when you consider how they started. They had injury issues. 
they managed, they, they found a way to, you know, navigate COVID without a shutdown. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can also say, well, this team should have beat DePaul and Butler and should have made the tournament. And I can see the point, but yeah. I also think you have to realize their two best players were a sophomore and a freshman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it, it's, and now the freshman obviously played in the Big East tournament, but Posh had poor lingering to this belt. Mm-hmm. So he was clearly not himself. Mm-hmm. And Julian, I think, kind of wore down late in the year. And also, it's when you get to, you know, it's funny, whenever they had that big moment where they, you know, really should establish themselves as we're a tournament team at Butler, mm-hmm. hold the pole, see all the biggies tournament, they, they weren't quite ready for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, could, you can give a million reasons why, but for whatever reason, it just it just wasn't meant to be this year. They just weren't quite ready to be a tournament team and be a legit, legit contender. And now, I think part of it is the Big East was really hurt by the net and yeah. a lot of, you know, Paul didn't play much, not many non-conference games. Georgetown, the same thing. And, mm-hmm. You know, some of these teams might have had bet, better net ratings if it was a normal season and a normal non-conference and I think that really hurt, you know, St. John's and Seattle because I think the Big East definitely at least deserved one more team. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the bottom line was it, it was a good year, it wasn't a great year. They showed progress. They didn't quite get over the hump, but, I think it really sets up next year. You know, as long as they can really get a few more guys in here um, and further upgrade the talent level, the coach has shown you he's very good. They have two really, really good young players. Mm-hmm. And I think the expectations, I'm sure, will be deservedly high. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, speaking on the, the kind of optimism going into next year, I mean, assuming Posh and, and Julian are both back, which I think is a relatively uh, safe assumption right now, you know, you've got those two guys. Anderson in, in his two years, and really this whole this whole staff in their two years have shown, you know, they're going to get the most really out of, out of anyone who's on the court with them. You know, not to say that you can, you know, recruit lesser players and downgrade from the guys who have left, but I think the, the entire, you know, roster turnover is maybe being a bit overblown because to me, and, and I, I wonder if you agree, it just, it feels like Anderson no matter who's out on the court, he's going to get the most out of them, you know? Yeah, and you, you, all you have to do is look at the two guys they brought in already. Mm-hmm. You know, Smith is a guy who can really shoot. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of done size, might be an inch or two taller. Mm-hmm. So I kind of look at him in that role, and now he might not be the athlete that Dunn is, but he's a far superior offensive player. He'll, still, he'll be able to spread the floor. Mm-hmm. And then Wheeler is a guy, he's a he's six nine, he can play either forward spot. He's a he's a great athlete, he'll be great in the system. Now, he didn't play a ton at Purdue, but let's remember it's Purdue. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're talking about uh, you know, some fringe program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Program. He mm-hmm. played in the Elite Eight before. Mm-hmm. He's got talent. He you know, he can he can shoot the three a little, he's a, he's like I said, he get get up and down the court, he'll be great at the top of that press. Mm-hmm. You know, I kinda see him in that, you know, the Isaiah Moore role a little bit. Um, so look, already they brought in two guys that to me are improvements um, on the talent base. And now let's see what else they do here. I I would expect you're going to see at least two more guys like this, mm-hmm. whether it's bringing Greg back or, or someone else. Uh, like I said, I think when the dust clears, you're going to be looking at a better roster than you would have had if you just brought everyone back. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Let's um, let's kind of you know talk a little bit about the guys who have left. You touched on it a little bit before. Uh, to me, you know, the only 
real one that was a, a shocker, I guess I would say, was was Greg Williams. You know, everyone else you mentioned, you know, the, the reasons for them leaving. Some of them felt like mutual decisions. A lot of guys will probably be transferring down to maybe play some more minutes. But in, in Greg's case, it was a real ha- head scratcher to me because he was going to be playing big minutes here, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game here, unless he got, you know, substantially recruited over. Um, you know, to transfer, I'm not sure really where where he's going to end up. Um, you know, your your thoughts on, on really Greg and that and that decision to, to, to move on from St. John's? Yeah, I, I was, I mean, like, I had heard whispers about him. I was surprised because I don't, I'm not saying he's not going to end up in another high major. I'm sure he will if he doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. But I don't see him having a role like he would have had at St. John's. Where mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, yeah. he's back, he's going to start. Yeah. Like you said, he's going to play 25 better minutes again. If he ends up at somewhere like LSU or even Houston, two schools I've heard possibly in the midst, I don't see him getting those kind of minutes in those places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now maybe he wants to be closer to home. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, you know, at least a part of it. But in terms of role and minutes allocation, I just don't see how he's doing any better. And let's be real, you know, it's not for his back. Mm-hmm. It's not like his minutes, you know, fell just because he was the, the staff on someone else. He just, he missed three games and they eased him back in. And by the end of the year, he was back to playing his old role. Yeah. It was a matter mm-hmm. of his injury, more mm-hmm. than anything. Mm-hmm. But look, I do know the staff really wants him back. They've, you know, there's there's dialogue. They clearly like him. What um, they're after is he's even a little surprised that I guess he thought if he decided to leave or as a reporter that they wouldn't really want him back. But mm-hmm. that maybe he didn't realize that they valued him like they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely not the case. They do want him back. They would like him to come back. He's, you know, a guy who really does the right things. He passes the ball. I don't think, I think maybe a second or third score maybe isn't quite right. I think he's more of a glue guy, yeah. role player. Yep. But, you know, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's back. I still think there's probably a better chance he's gone, but I don't think it's like 70, 30, 80, 20. Okay. I think it's probably maybe 60, 40, um, 65, you know, 55, 45 is mm-hmm. in that range. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think if he leaves the end of the world. I mean, I think but they're, they're, they're really they're really working. They're involved with a lot of different guys. Um, so, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. You know, Erlington, I've heard, St. Bonaventure, San Diego, LaSalle, <laughs> um, uh, Bryant, he had a Zoom with, okay. you know, that kind of level. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, so, which makes I mean, which makes sense for him those those type of schools for 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 Erlington that's the type of schools where you would expect you know like an NEC type school you know yeah um but I mean in in Greg's in in Greg's case is is it something that you get the sense that they're like prioritizing bringing him back or is it more of a you know we're gonna we're gonna move on and and you know go after other guys and be involved with other guys and then you know if greg ends up coming back and we have a spot we'll take him back like like what's the vibe that you get there if if you have one no i think they've made it clear that they want it back Mm -hmm. but i also don't think they're gonna wait forever yeah okay Mm -hmm. um you know if something better comes along first you know like i i don't know if they're taking two more guards yeah. now could mm-hmm. they take a transfer and then maybe like a high school kid who they could just redshirt that you know because you're only going to play a certain amount of guys but I don't think they I don't think they're going to go and add two more guards that are going to play a lot next year mm-hmm. like put it that way mm-hmm. um, so I think Greg you know if he says tomorrow I want to come back I think they'd be they'd be thrilled he's back yeah but mm-hmm. if he waits 
two weeks, three weeks, and sees what else out there, and something else comes along. I, you know, I, I don't think they're, you know, going to wait forever. Like Mike Anderson is old school. You know, it's like you want to be here, great. You know, <laughs> that's that's fine too. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to twist your arm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I think this should be resolved relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe at some point next week. Um, I don't think this is something that's going to go into May. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. Let, let's talk about the uh, the other targets on the uh, on the transfer market for now. I mean, we know Soriano is is the big one. They had the the Zoom today. Um, were were you involved in the Zooms act? Did did you get a a link to go on the Zoom call? I was asked some, uh, a few people on Twitter asked me to live stream it, but no, I was not in. Uh, <laughs> um, they do know it went well. He's Zoomed with Saint John's in Pittsburgh. I think he has Oklahoma State next week. Mm-hmm. You know, other big schools, Marquette, Creighton are involved. You know, I think the one question, at least from his people's point of view, is questioning, you know, is it, is it a good fit? Because he's a bruiser. Yeah. He's not necessarily a, a great athlete. He's not a bad athlete. He's not a great athlete. So the question kind of is, does he really fit their style? I do think the, the kid I heard, you know, say local, I think would be okay for him, but I think the most important thing for him is fit. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to play and, and getting a chance to win because he's been on Florida for two years. Yeah. And he really hasn't done much winning, mm-hmm. so they want to play on a big stage. I think there's a lot that appeals with St. John's. You have, you know, you got a point guard like Posh, who I'm sure he knows uh, a lot of local guys. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they they definitely have a, a very good shot. I mean, if you want to go go out to Oklahoma, <laughs> where he doesn't know anybody, I know the coach. Obviously, my boy's a Brooklyn guy, but. I think St. John's has a very, very good shot um, to, to land him. Now, they've been, I've, the high school coach told me they've been all in, basically, since he went into the portal. They, you know, Coach Anderson, you know, Mike Anderson was involved, and Van is leading the way. You know, that's that's usually a telltale fan, St. John's is all in. When, when Van and, when, and Mike mm-hmm. are, are the two really involved, that's, yeah. that's kind of their A team. <laughs> so, you know. So that, so there's that. So I mean, I do know what they've missed out on Sean or guards, who they've kind of been monitoring, looking at. Um, I know there there is some interest with uh, Sienna transfer Jalen Pickett. Oh, okay. Basically, the entire country likes him. <laughs> so yeah, I think really the top two kind of guys right now you're looking at are Soriano and Greg, in terms of what you know, in terms of priorities. And there are a bunch of other guys they're monitoring. There are guys that. You know, some big name guys that are probably going to enter the transfer portal that they're definitely going to be the mix for. They, they haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll kind of, kind of just have to wait and see. It's like this stuff could change on and on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see them filling all, because they have four scholarships right now, do you see all four scholarships being filled, you know, relatively soon in the next couple of weeks or even like the next month? Or do you see them, you know, holding on to maybe one or two of them for, like you mentioned, if, if a guy, you know, hasn't portaled yet, but he will be, or if he's in the draft and he's going to go to the portal or, you know, high school kids for next year, like you mentioned, uh, wh- where do you see them kind of allocating the final four scholarships? Yeah, I think, I think if they had their pick, they would like to try to lock in two guys now. Yeah. You know, uh, a big like Soriano and maybe whether it's Greg or someone else mm-hmm. as a guard. Mm-hmm. And then I think maybe kind of buy their time a little and to be, to be picking, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, like you said, the NBA, you might have guys who don't like what they hear from the NBA and decide in May or June that they're going to go to college. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. might want to, to get a guard to kind of balance, balance things out. 
like a guy who, who they, whether it's a Juco or even a high school kid, to just to kind of practice with and redshirt and, and kind of wait his punt. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they will fill all four, definitely will fill three of the four. Yeah. Um, but for right now, I think that you can, I think it's reasonable to expect within the next few weeks that maybe they, they, they take two guys for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. One interesting one that was a, was a miss for St. John's uh, was Aiden Igehan last last week. Um, with, with him, what what did you hear there? Were they just not incredibly interested? Because when a when a kid goes to to Grand Canyon, to me, that makes me feel like maybe St. John's wasn't you know going all out for him. Um, obviously, a local kid, uh, what Long Island um, was had St. John's in his final couple. What what happened there with with, uh, with Aiden? Was it was it just a case of maybe St. John's wasn't as interested? What did, you, what did you hear with that? Yeah, I mean, they were involved, mm-hmm. but also the fact I heard that they may, maybe weren't quite as involved as some people had, had assumed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Aiden, he's a kid who's had injury issues. He really hasn't played much in two years in college. So he was going to go somewhere where he was confident that he was going to play a lot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe he was unsure of it, you know. Um, that was obviously right before they added uh, Aaron Wheeler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... But I heard they, after the fact, I kind of heard they weren't quite as involved as maybe people thought. I also know that they weren't convinced of him. Okay. They were obviously involved, they were obviously talking about, but they weren't convinced. You know, I think for that, for adding a big, they need a guy who's who's produced at the division one level. Yeah. They need a guy they know is going to help them. You know, they can't afford another, you know, I love love Damian Sears, but they can't afford Mm -hmm. another kind of miss like they've had the last two years, whether it was Sears or Toronto guys who just really didn't help them enough. That's the issue. Like, Julian comes back, Posh comes back, he's added some shooting, he's added some talent, Mm -hmm. but they still have issues up front. You know, uh, Josh is is gone, and I've heard, uh, you know, I'm hearing either Hosher or Manhattan for him, which I think Mm -hmm. would be a good level, but they need someone who's really, can really anchor them down low. You know, Mm -hmm. Wheeler is a guy who can block some shots, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's more of a a, a wing forward than, like like Isaiah Fuller, than a real guy who's going to get you eight, nine rebounds. And that's really where this program keeps struggling. We saw him at Sea Hall. They need someone with size who's really going to kind of clean the glass because when you look at their style, the key to that style is getting stopped and clearing the glass. You Mm -hmm. you can't get defensive rebounds, you can't run. Mm -hmm. Mm And I wonder, you know, and you would obviously know this. I mean, in terms of of the recruiting for you know that elusive big man, it seems like they're more just focused on we, like you said, we need a, a big who's going to rebound for us, who's going to defend the paint, who's going to alter some shots, more as more so opposed to like we need someone who's going to fit our system. And you know, we kind of touched on it before. You know, Soriano doesn't really seem like he's a guy that would you know be a, a classic Mike Anderson big man. Um, you know, are, are they kind of just more focused? Focused on we need you know a traditional big who's gonna gonna rebound for us and it doesn't it totally matter if, if he fits in the system that we play or not. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, they need they they, they can't you know you can't work you can't wait for the absolute perfect. Yeah. You, you, gotta, mm-hmm. you need to kind of fill that. Maybe it's not perfect. Maybe Soyan only plays 21, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what? He's a guy who can score at the post, which is really something they lack. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's going to clear, clear the glass. I know what's perfect in the end of society is a really athletic big guy who's going to block shots. He can put at the back of your press. But you know what? It works just as well having a guy who can rebound the ball at a high level and can start your press. Mm-hmm. And they really haven't had that. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a guy who can really defend, you know, with, with, you know who, can, who can 
who can defend Adamas Sonogo without needing double team help. Mm-hmm. You know, who can who can defend Ivan Obiago without getting killed on the list. They need someone like that. And mm-hmm. to me this kid is this kid is perfect and you know, we'll see. He's got some obviously big schools, but I do know that he St. John's is definitely attractive to him. The staff has really worked hard with him so early on. I I think there's, you know, a decent shot and I, I think he would really be a nice you know, nice fit and just be another local guy that um would really um, add to, to what they've already done here mm-hmm. locally. Mm-hmm. Well, well, let's hope for the for the sanity of uh, of all St. John's fans on Twitter that we that they do get this guy because I don't I don't want to be a part of St. John's Twitter in a couple of days if he goes to like Oklahoma State or something. I don't want I don't want to see that. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, uh, Julian, now you know he's obviously in the draft. You reported that unless he's basically a first round pick, he's coming out. Are you are you still hearing the same thing? You know that that it's likely this is just kind of a testing the water type thing, and the odds are still you know pretty much in St. John's favor that he's back next year. Yeah, you hear different rumors, but that's just that's just kind of the way draft season is. You know, kids will get you know kids will get in in this and they'll kind of be like oh, I'm a pro and you know tell people things. But yeah, I. I'd be stunned if he's not back. You look at some of these mocks, he's, he's on very few if he is on the means of the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, you know, most scouts I've talked to thinks he needs more time. I talked to one guy who does think he could be a mid-second round pick. Mm-hmm. But if they could add more talent and he comes back, he's a, he could be the biggest preseason player of the year and the spotlight will be on him. There's going to be fans next year. He's going to, you know, have a chance to really show people what he could do the whole year. I think he's got a chance to be a legit, you know, hot late first, early second round pick after another year. Mm-hmm. And the other thing you got to remember, it's a loaded draft. Mm-hmm. He's young for his class. Him and his brother are both young for their, you know, they're obviously twins. They're, they're young for their class. So you're not, you're not looking at like a Shamari Ponsing where he was a year older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's just this is a great draft. This is, you know, if you're a, if you're if you're un, this to me, this is a draft. If you're uncertain of where you're going to go or what might happen, this is the draft. You come back, you, you go back to school mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. next year's draft will not be nearly. This is probably one of the probably the best drafts in at least four or five years. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculously good at the top, but it's also deep. I mean, I've seen drafts, I've seen mocks with um, Illinois. Ayo DeSumo, which had some of the 20s. <laughs> this guy's one of the best players in college yeah. basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the mocks I've seen is even Julian's brother, Justin, who's, you know, most places have higher than him, is going in the 40s. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the highest I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Justin is probably half 50 50, but I think Julian will be back. He's a smart kid. He has a smart family. He doesn't need the money immediately. He has a chance to have a great junior year mm-hmm. and really make a name for himself, be an all-American player. You know, I, I always kind of look back when you have these questionable decisions. Look at Miles Powell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go, going back to school might not have changed his draft stock that much, mm-hmm. but you know what? He got by going out of school. He had memories that he was able to still be sold forever, remember forever. Mm-hmm. He was the biggest player of the year. He was a, a consensus first team All-American. He got. Even though there was no tournament, obviously he had adulation of fans. Yeah. And just like an amazing experience because he's probably never going to get again in his life. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's always my thing with a guy who's a really good college player. Just going back going to help you that much. He'll probably help you marginally. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're Davion Mitchell and just sell everything. Yeah. <laughs> To me, it, it just it, it create you have a chance to say you're probably never going to do it do it again in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, he, mm-hmm. Powell is I know he's been in the G League and he's 
got I think he got into like the game once or twice. Maybe his future who knows what his future is. Maybe he becomes a big star overseas, but mm-hmm. you're never gonna kinda have that same feeling mm-hmm. of being a huge star in your hometown school. So I, I just think of I think ultimately he'll be back. I, I don't Absolutely. And so we were talking about, you know, guys in the NBA that, you know, pull out of the NBA draft and then uh, enter the portal. We also brought up Justin Champagny. I have to ask you, is there any chance whatsoever that, that Justin Champagny pulls out of the draft and then enters the transfer portal and ends up at St. John's? Is there is there any chance at all of that or is that just a total, total dream? I mean, you never say never, but I, I, just, I don't see it happening. Um, <laughs> I think I think Julian kind of going separate ways from Justin was probably the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, it kind of forced him to become more of a sports assertive. Uh huh. You know, he was he was overlooked in high school because he was playing with Justin, and you know, Justin was a better recruit and had the bigger schools. And Julian really has really shown at St. John's that he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's different from Justin. He's a better shooter. Um, Justin's a better athlete, mm-hmm. but there are things Julian does better, and I think it's been really good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, to be, you know, separated from his, from his twin brother. Now, look, never say never. Uh, I do think Justin will not play another game. Pitt. That's just my, my feel. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Different people say different things. Uh-huh. You know, you hear people say, oh, well, why would he leave? The other guys left, he'll be the guy. He'll yeah. Shots. But then other people say, well, he wants to win. You know, he just had a great year. Why not go somewhere else where he's on a bigger stage and to play in a Final Four? Mm-hmm. I just don't sense... I just don't see it at, at St. John's. Mm-hmm. Like, you never know. <laughs> you know, there are certain people who think the Twins definitely want to play together next year. There are mm-hmm. other people, you know, it's just that time of year where everyone has a different opinion and yeah. a million rumors, but I just, I just don't see it happening. I, I can see Justin transfer to a, to a big time school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I think Julian will be at St. John's if he's back in college and I just, you know, I'm not saying they're not going to nail a, not going to nail a, a big time guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay, so yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, I'll I'll probably be asking you this question again in uh in seven months when we do our our, our uh preview. But the uh the newcomers next year, you know, uh, Nuwaye, Stanley, Pinzone, and Triore, are, are they all you know going to come in and, and be you know big role guys for St. John's? You know, like I mean Anderson this year, you know, pretty much everyone that was a newcomer seem to have a pretty solid role on the right. team. Um, do you see like those, because I feel like those guys are kind of getting forgotten about when we talk about, you know, everyone that's left the program. Well, there's some big guys coming in here. Um, you know, who do you see having a big impact and do you see really all four of them having a big impact next year? Um, I think Naiwi, I, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I'm <laughs> I've heard he would have helped them if he would have been eligible. He would have helped them defensively. Okay. Uh-huh. but I've, he's he's real long. He's a good big time shot blocker. I was told he would have helped defensively. Okay. Last year, mm-hmm. now because he was a mid season transfer, he needed a waiver, mm-hmm. um, and that so that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I do think he would have helped them. I've heard a lot of good things about Treyor. Um, okay. You know, he to me, I've heard he's kind of like a bigger Wusu, where he maybe not be a great offensive player, but he fits the system perfectly. He can He's a. He plays super hard. He's got an incredible motor. He's he's six eight. He's he's got stronger. Mm-hmm. He really has used this offseason well, from what I've been told. And, mm-hmm. and he definitely will have a role. I do know they're high on Stanley. He was kind of 
you know, he's a really strong six eight guy who can do some things in the post. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I I can see him. I can see him helping out as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can zone I'm not quite as sure because it just really depends on what they bring in. Yeah. You know, are they going to add add a guard and a wig? I'm not quite sure how much he'll play. Yeah, exactly. He's definitely talented. He can play some one. So if they don't really add another guy who can play the one, maybe he's your you know backup point guard. I do think it'll take him some time, but I do think he's a guy that will eventually be a good player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, you know, but I'm not, people talking to him, I'm not as certain that he will make that instant impact mm-hmm. that maybe the other guys will. Like I, people have told me they could play Trey. Trey or could be like a small ball five. He's that oh, wow. essentially okay. he's that tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's put on muscle and he's a legit six eight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do know they, they really like Stanley a lot. Okay. Yeah, really, really likes him a lot. And look, they're, they're gonna, he's going to play a ton of guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, we'll see what happens. I mean, they decide to redshirt um, one of the freshmen or two of them. I think it all just depends on, on what else they bring in. Because you got to think about it this way with kids every year. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do you do need to, to kind of bounce out those scholarships because there's always going to be transfers and, and so forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, if I had to guess, I might, the two guys I think make the biggest impact next year are Stanley and Treyard just because we know this team lacks bigs and especially bigs who defend. And those two guys definitely are, are tough guys who can defend and do fit the style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking more towards next year, you know, the the expectations, as you said, going into this year were, you know, basically NIT, and they, they achieved that for sure. You know, in, in a normal year, they would have achieved that. Do the expectations for you, you know, depending on what they add and, you know, assuming Champagne is, is back and, you know, seeing who else comes in, is, is the expectation, you know, top half of the Big East and then an NCAA tournament? I mean, it's hard to forecast, obviously, so far in advance. But but for you, you know, as of right now, you know, again, assuming what I just said, the expectation I would still think is, is to make the jump into the NCAA tournament, correct? Yeah, I don't I don't even... Where they finish in the league, to me, is irrelevant next year. It's, you got to make the tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you finish sixth and you make the tournament... to see about that but i mean i mean you're are you you're you're relatively confident you sound like that they're gonna you know recruit i mean i know well it was after williams and erlington left you said someone on the staff told me you know what they're fine or we'll be fine you know it seems like you know there should be some relative confidence here that they're going to get the guys in place here and uh everything's going to be just okay for st john's yeah i've well i have no doubt they're going to add at least two or three more guys Mm -hmm. um and I think they will, at worst, they'll be in the ilk of the two guys they've added. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also potential for them to bring in one blockbuster guy. Mm, okay. Um, you know, right now, it's still, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think worst case is you're adding two to three more guys that will help you. Mm-hmm. Best case, I think one of them could be a huge name. Mm-hmm. Now, time will tell. 
but I do think there's that potential. Mm-hmm. From, from everything I'm hearing, and look, this stuff changes hourly, you never know <laughs> yeah. until it happens, you, 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 you just don't know, but I do think, I think they have a really good shot at Soriano, and there's a decent shot Greg comes back, mm-hmm. if not, I'm sure they'll go ask someone else, and I do think there's a shot that they can add a name that will that will surprise a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll have to keep our fingers crossed with that, and we will uh, we'll certainly be you know waiting for every one of your reports to see that, Zach. You know, thank you so much for coming on, man. You know, I always, I always appreciate doing this stuff with you and uh, getting the information. Hey, man, my uh, my uh, pleasure. I just like not to say that this year wasn't fun. I'm just glad there was a season, but yeah, mm-hmm. it just wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just. I just think it'll be great next year, especially if the team is good, mm-hmm. go to games against full houses. And, you know, I would think by November, you know, we'll have that there won't be limits. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone will be vaccinated. Yeah. Um, you know, there'll be, you know, we'll see what happens with the schedule. That's obviously still in flux. Yeah. But, you know, some big games at the Garden, some big games at Queens, I, there should be high expectations next year. Do you think we're going back to the garden next year? Do you think we'll get like a, a normal number of games, regular season games in the garden yeah. next year? Yeah, I would, I would think so. Especially if they, they, if they can finish off this offseason the way they expect, mm-hmm. I, I would absolutely think so. I know, um, you know, Craig has talked, um, Mike Craig, the AD has talked about like, you know, wanting to get a big game to the garden to open the season. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. something he has talked about in recent years. So that's obviously something to keep an eye on. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to be in, I believe the Big Ten would be a road, the Gavit would be a road game, and the Big 12 is a home game. Okay. So, you have that. They already have a game scheduled for Pitt mm-hmm. at the Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously more stuff they're going to work on, but, yeah, I, I definitely expect, you know, at least you would think UConn, Seton Hall, Villanova, Georgetown at the Garden, maybe mm-hmm. one or two more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think next year we get back to normal. They would, n- <laughs> they would never do it, but I would love to see with fans, you know, Villanova or Georgetown or UConn at Carnesecca Arena. I think that would just be such a cool environment. I know that they would never do it, though. You know? Yeah. No, I look. I agree. I mean, it it it, it would be fun. Um, we'll see. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if they have the kind of team they think is possible. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and we we all hope that as well. Zach, thank you so much for the time, man, and uh, we'll certainly be keeping up with your reporting all off season. All right, man. Hey, have a good one. All right. All right. You too. Enjoy the night. All right. One more time. Thank you to Zach Braziller for joining us to talk a little bit of last season and then kind of his thoughts on what the Red Storm are going to do to attack this offseason with a couple of scholarships left all open and his thoughts, early thoughts, I guess you could say, on uh, on next season's roster as well. We always appreciate Zach. You know, no, no reporter is more clued into what's going on in St. John's than Zach. I know we have a lot of people who think that there are reporters on the, uh, on the St. John's hashtag, but there is one real reporter and uh, Zach does a fantastic job covering the team both in season and off season. So we always appreciate having him on to kind of wrap up the year and then always preview the year uh, again in November. So thank you one more time to Zach. 
some very interesting things that, that uh, Zach brought up there. You know, Greg Williams potentially could be, you know, returning now. Obviously, still didn't seem like it was likely from what Zach said, but certainly a, uh, a shot at that, which would be a very, very interesting thing. We know that St. John's is going hard after uh, the Soriano kid from Fordham, so we'll see about that one. And, you know, the, the odds that maybe they will, you know, leave a scholarship or two open to see kind of where things go in the next couple of, uh, of months with guys, you know, dropping out of the NBA and maybe St. John's will kind of swing for the fences there and uh, and go after some big, big transfers that maybe are in the NBA draft right now. So we'll see about that, but definitely a lot to, uh, to watch now over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a very, very interesting week for St. John's, seeing if they can land this commit and seeing what else they do with their couple of open scholarships. And then, you know, we wait, you know, a month or so from now to see what goes on with Julian Champagny, maybe actually a few months from now uh, with the new NBA draft schedule, a few months from now to see what goes on with Julian Champagny and what his decision is as far as the NBA draft. We all hope that he's back and um, we'll see from there. But thank you all for uh, for listening to this to this show. Thank you once again to Zach for coming on. We'll be back at some point, I'm sure, with the uh, in the off season. Whenever you know uh, uh, St. John's lands its next commit or something else happens, we will definitely be back to break it all down. But thank you all for listening, and as always, let's go Johnnies.